welcome to the Faith Corner. Thank you for joining in into my corner of the world, where we cover natural and supernatural topics regarding Christianity and uncovering the believer's full tool set. On today's episode, we discover the theology of baptism of the Spirit. Before we get started, I would like to thank everyone for your support and enthusiasm with the launch. I received kind feedback that the podcast was clear and concise. I got a message saying when they listened to the podcast episode, it was exactly what they needed to hear. I'm pleased to hear that so many of you enjoyed it. My overall heart for this is to create a safe place to discuss the things of the Spirit and to chase after God. We're all on this journey together and we'll keep moving forward into the more of God. If you clicked on the episode title, chances are you are acquainted with the baptism of the Spirit or you are curious from other people mentioning it. I think it's worth noting that Jesus referenced it throughout the Gospels pointing to the arrival of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. Subsequently, in the book of Acts, we have several instances where people were baptized in the Spirit. Whether they were followers of Christ or those who were seeking God, the Holy Spirit fell on those who were willing. First off, I'd like to explain the difference between the gift of the Spirit and the baptism of the Spirit. Back in episode 2, I summarized that the gift of the Spirit is when the Holy Spirit comes and resides in you upon receiving salvation. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside of you. The term for this is called the indwelling of the Spirit. The indwelling. Next, the baptism of the Spirit is when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Jesus tells us in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the main purpose of the baptism of the Spirit, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. We are told that we receive power in order to be his witnesses on earth. The wonderful workings of of signs, miracles, and wonders are to bring people to Christ. I will also point out that Jesus was the first one to be baptized in the Spirit. Back when Jesus and John the Baptist were at the Jordan River, that passage is usually used to talk about the importance of water baptism, and rightfully so. But there's a second aspect. At the end of the story, out of heaven, Jesus saw the Spirit of God descending towards him. Then the Holy Spirit came upon him, which is what we call the baptism of the Spirit. That passage highlights two sequences in a believer's life, water baptism and baptism of the Spirit. Furthermore, in that same chapter, John the Baptist prophesied that Jesus would baptize people with the Holy Spirit and fire. This experience marked the beginning of his public ministry. In the next chapter, he goes throughout the region of Galilee, preaching the good news of the kingdom, healing every sickness and disease, 
and delivering people from demons. Personally, in my life, I have heard contradicting teachings on the baptism of the Spirit. Adversely, it causes confusion in the body of Christ. One camp will argue that the baptism of the Spirit was only for the disciples, that even the more charismatic gifts were also for back then too. The second camp will argue that it's for everyone, that healings and miracles are still for today. This was a particular topic that actually took me years to work through. I was simply not taught this, so it didn't come naturally to me. When I learned that this was real, I could not deny it. Investigating and researching this topic, I had once called a pastor because I wanted to discuss it, and unfortunately, it was a short discussion. All he told me was, no, it's not for today. That was only for the people back then, not for people today. There wasn't anything else he wanted to say, and the call ended abruptly. I was disappointed, and he didn't give me one verse to back up his viewpoint. I, I learned through this process that even within Christian theology, there is tension between opposing points of views. It was surprising at the time because we all believe in the same Bible. Being taught that the supernatural is not for today consequently causes you to ignore large portions of Scripture. And we're not talking about in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, written for born-again believers living in the age after the cross. I am passionate about this because when I started to acknowledge the supernatural in the New Testament, I was able to start looking through those verses like I had never read them before, not dusting them off to the side, but allowing myself to experience all that God has for me and to know that I needed the Holy Spirit to start understanding these things. Now back to scripture. In the New Testament, there are several instances where people were baptized in the fire of God. Many of you may be familiar with some of these passages, such as Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit falls on the disciples in Jerusalem, or when Peter visits Cornelius the centurion and his whole family gets saved and baptized in the Spirit. However, I'm going to run through a couple that may not have gotten much attention in the past. Acts chapter 8, 14 to 17. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. What I love about this passage is that it highlights evangelism in a new way. There were new believers who accepted the gospel, which is a huge win. Yet, you'll notice that they took an additional action. They sent two apostles for the sole purpose of praying for the new believers to receive the baptism of the Spirit. How did I miss this verse growing up? 
It even goes into detail to explain that the Holy Spirit had not come upon them until they were prayed for. They were saved. They had the indwelling of the Spirit, but not the baptism. Not until Peter and John came down. I do want to note that the phrase, baptized in the Lord Jesus, is a phrase describing someone who gave their life to Christ, someone who got saved. Now, I have one more example that's even more detailed than the last. It's where in the same conversation, a group of people get saved and baptized in the Spirit. Remember that phrase, baptized in the Lord Jesus? It will come into play right now. Acts 19, 1-7 While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No, we have not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, Then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about twelve men in all. I remember coming across these verses years ago. They clearly demonstrated that believers can receive the baptism of the Spirit. I myself have received it, and I can tell you that it's amazing. God does have more for us. The Christian life is not just following a bunch of rules and waiting for heaven. The Christian life is a relationship between the Creator and His child, serving those around Him. We are given all things through Christ, and the door to salvation is always open to all mankind. When you become a believer, you are invited into God's family, and there's nothing else like it. I want to thank you so much for joining in. You may hear this at Chick-fil-A, but it was my pleasure to talk to you about this topic. The baptism of the Spirit is open for every believer. Whether God does it over you personally or through another person praying for you, it's something that any Christian can receive. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.